This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. So this morning we're continuing with our series on the theme Restore. Amen? We're talking about Restore. And the more I began to study on the aspect of Restore, I realized that this is a word that, is, that seems to be in the atmosphere in a lot of places right now. There seems to be a consensus around that God in this season is bringing a restoration. And, and so today I want to give us a few scriptures. Our main scripture is from 2 Samuel chapter 9. I believe this is a story that really brings out the beauty of restoration. So I'm going to start reading from 2 Samuel chapter 9, beginning from verse 1 to 13. This is our main scripture. If you would follow with me, it says now this. It says, now David said, is there anyone who is left in the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? He said, at your service. Then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan, but he's lame in both his feet. So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Emil in Lodiba. Just the name already gives it away that this was a low place. Lodiba. And the king David sent and brought him out of the house of Maker, the son of Emil. From Lodiba. And the King David sent and brought him out. I declare that for somebody today, you are coming out in the name of Jesus. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come before David, he fell at his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear. I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And I will restore, listen, I will restore to you all. I will restore to you all. Come on, say that with me. Say, restore to you all. Say it again. Say, I will restore to you all. Where am I now? I've lost my reading here. I'll restore. What verse are we on? Verse 7, I'll restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat at my table some days. No, sorry, that's incorrect. You'll eat at my table on good days. No, sorry. No, it says, you will eat at my table continually. You'll eat at my table, what? Continually. Then he bowed himself and he said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and he said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all of his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that you, the Lord, the king, has commanded, 
his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table. I mean, he keeps saying this, like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem. For he ate continually at the king's table. And yet he was lame in both his feet. Hallelujah. Now go to Ecclesiastes 10. I'm going to read it from the screen. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 7 says, I have seen servants on horses while princes walk on the ground like servants. Go to 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And finally, Joel 2 verse 25 says this, and I will restore to you the years, not days, not months, the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust has eaten, the consuming locust and the chewing locust, my great army which I send among you. Today I want to give you the title of my message is The King, A King Out of Place. A King Out of Place. There is nothing as disheartening as finding a king who is out of place. There is nothing as disheartening as walking into a room of people and you feel out of place. But I believe today God is wanting to restore somebody who circumstances have driven you to a place where you are now out of place. But we serve a God who says, I will restore to you the years, the years. Church, I think you can agree with me that we are living in a fast-changing world. Technology is probably one of the fastest things that are changing in our lives today. See, things that used to take our breath away maybe a year or two ago, when we look at it now, we kind of see it as normal. It's now expected. It has very little fascination because of the speed at which things are changing. There was a phone that I once had. Now, I want you to put up the picture. Some of you may remember this phone, the Nokia 5110, a legendary phone. When I had that, and I put the red one because I had one with the red face. You know, remember you could remove the face. It usually came in black, but you could remove that face. This phone was amazing. I mean, when you had a Nokia 5110, you couldn't think of anything better than this. It's functionality, it's battery life, the game snake. <sighs> Come on, guys. Is it just me? I mean, I, I celebrated that phone. But soon after, there came another legendary phone, the Nokia era. They came the Nokia 3310. Okay. I don't know why you're getting excited about that. But as you can see, it, it looked more refined, and it didn't have that aerial that the Nokia 5110 had. Again, now it had Snake 2. Whew. I mean, playing on this thing, this, this phone was awesome. And again, the battery life. But guess what? This phone didn't have internet. It didn't have the access of internet that we have. Could we imagine internet on our phones back in those days? You couldn't. But you used to enjoy your Nokia 3310. 
Do you remember the days of Nokia 3310 and having the pouch? Remember the days of the pouch? <laughs> Even if you didn't have a trousers with a belt, you would just put a belt so that you could put your pouch. And we would walk around with this pouch. I mean, it was like, it was awesome. And it's, it fit so nicely in your pouch. Just open your pouch, take out your phone, and look so cool. But fast forward, now we are talking about phones like this. The iPhone 11 Pro. On this phone alone, this is not just a phone now. I mean, when you look at this phone, it's, 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 it's a computer in itself. The cameras, as you can see, three cameras. The quality. Now, you couldn't take pictures on your 5110 or on your 3310. But now we have a phone that can take crystal clear pictures, high definition. Show the contours on your face is how clear this phone is. I'm sorry for Samsung fans. I, I like iPhone. But just the quality of this phone. The speed, the, 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 the ability. Now, now we're talking about internet. Now you can get out. Now you can check your emails. There's so much you can do. You can check your pace. You can check your running. You can have, I mean, the, like I'm saying, it's, it's more than just a phone. But with the increase of technology also comes the challenges. Because you find that as you begin to use your phone, like one like this, because it's so much more than just a phone there are so many things you can do on it now. You can download certain things. You can access certain websites. And in so doing, sometimes it so happens as you are doing what you are doing and you're using your phone, something harmful may come onto your phone without you even noticing. Something that can come and corrupt the internal hard drive of your phone. Suddenly a phone that was functioning very well starts having some malfunctions now. And you're wondering, what is going on with my iPhone 11? Hey, it's now slow. It's now giving you challenge. It's now, you know, you, you, you click on something and it's taking long to open. And you're saying to yourself, what is wrong? But you see, it's because something happened that you didn't notice that caused a defect on it, that compromised it, that corrupted it. You see, our lives are the same. As we live through life, there are certain events, there are certain things that happen in our lives that can literally cause us harm that we don't know. There are certain things that happen in our lives that can corrupt our internal hard drive. By the mere fact that you are living on this planet Earth, there are things that will happen to you that are beyond your control. You, you didn't intend for a virus to get onto your phone, but it did. And now, the, the, the only thing you are left to do, you get to a place where you have to hit that dreaded button. You know that button? Restore to factory settings. Why? Because now you're saying, okay, I have to take this phone back to its manufacturer's intent. Because now it's not operating as it should. Now, if that doesn't work, then you know you're in a big challenge. But as technology has come and, and has, has increased, we're finding that we have to use that button more. We have to go back to factory settings. And so it is with our lives that sometimes as we live through lives, Sometimes we don't realize how far we've come away from God's intent of our lives. Things happen to people. People go through things. Right now we're going through things. I mean, if you're living in Zim, you're going through things. You're driving to church, you see a queue, and you're saying, how are people going to get to church if they're in a petrol queue? And it 
may just look like, okay, but it does something to someone's heart. Some people are bruised, some people are hurt, and, 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 and they don't know it immediately, but it has an effect, and it corrupts them. Things happen in life. And so is the story that we read today. Today I want to introduce you to a man called Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, as he comes on, was a man who was lame in both his feet. You see, one thing to be lame in one feet is another thing when you're lame in both feet. But it's important for us to understand that Mephibosheth was not born lame. But certain events in his life had brought him to that place. Today I want to minister to people where certain events in your life, some that you've never told anyone, things that happened in your past have driven you to a place that is so far from God's intent of your life. People wonder, why do you act the way you act? Why is he so closed? Why is he so rash? Why are they so... They don't realize there's something that happened to you at an early stage in your life. Today I want to introduce you to a man called Mephibosheth, who when he was only five years old, tragedy struck his life. It was the time of war. The Philistines were coming up against, then it was Saul, who was king, fighting alongside his son, Jonathan, who was the father of this man we see here today. This man was of royalty bloodline. He was of royal priesthood. But circumstances had driven him to a place that was far below his potential. The Bible says when he was only five years old, war broke out. On that very day, he would lose his grandfather and his father at the sword of the enemy. Both were killed in battle. And when the nurse who was looking after him heard that this had happened, she ran for her life, carried Mephibosheth in haste, trying to escape because you knew that if they've killed the king, they've killed his son, they're going to go for the bloodline. They're going to kill Mephibosheth. In so doing, the Bible says he was accidentally dropped on his legs, a five-year-old kid. And it says, instantly he became lame in both his feet. Lame. Dropped. Did Mephibosheth ask to be dropped? No. Did he ask for those circumstances? No. Did he plead for that to happen? No. Because sometimes life can just drop you. Is anyone here who knows when life can just drop you? Other people's decisions, bad decisions can feel like life has dropped you. Today I want to minister to people who their life took a sudden turn at a very tender age in their lives. What is it that represents being dropped in your life? What is it that has brought you the son of Jonathan, who was the father of a king, to a place called Lodiba? We'll get into what Lodiba means. Because it has its own meaning. What is it that has driven you to that dark place in your life? Where you act the way you act. Could it be that your mother died when you were young? You were brought up by a stepmom who hated you? 
who would abuse you every day and your dad was too busy to notice what was happening? These are things that happen in people's lives that scar them, that leave them bruised. Could it be that uncle, that uncle that you trusted, that uncle who was a family friend, that uncle who would come at home, sleep at your house, young lady, but in the process began to develop a liking towards you and started molesting you and no one knew what was happening. Until this day, you have not told anyone that this is what happened in your life. But it's, it's, it scarred you. And it's causing you to live out a certain lifestyle that is far beyond, so far away from God's intent of your life. Other people's decisions. Other people's bad decisions. A single mom who raised you into the world of prostitution because she had none. She didn't have money. She didn't have resources. And yeah, sure, you come to church on a Sunday. But before you came to church on Saturday, you know where you were. And you, you live your life always saying, I hope no one catches me from church. I, I, I just, and you come to church and you polish up, you look good. But there's, there's, there's something going on on the inside of you because of something that happened in your past. Am I talking to somebody today? Today God began to show me and I, I just, I'm giving these, I felt like God gave me specific things and if this speaks to somebody, a friend who betrayed you, you trusted them. You had such a good friendship but they betrayed your trust. So much so that you struggle now to relate with people. You struggle to connect. You struggle to form meaningful friendships because of that incident. A company that closed. I mean, that's, that's something someone can relate to definitely. You're in a business, for, and I want to speak to, um, to the men. You're working for a company, and the company just closed. You're left jobless with a wife and three children to look after. Now the fights that are going on in the house are crazy. Because whenever there's no money, fights break out. And, 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 and you had never anticipated this step. You're trying to find a job. But circumstances have driven you to a place. And now you struggle to connect with your family because you don't feel like a man. You don't feel worthy because you can't provide for your family. Am I talking to somebody who understands what it's like when circumstances drive you to a certain place? There are circumstances that can drive us to certain places. Maybe you're wrongfully accused for stealing something that ended you up in prison serving time. And you served time in prison, whether it was for a day. I have a brother who went in for just a day and he came out and he says, I never want to go into this place. It's, it's, but you maybe served some months and you were wrongfully accused can you imagine the bitterness that is in your heart that you never dealt with because of that? And you're carrying this thing. Raped by a boyfriend who claimed he loved you. Because boys will say, I love you so that they can, yeah. Hey, I love you, sweetie. But I love you. 
until he finally raped you. And, and now you feel worthless. You're a young girl. In fact, no, you're not even young anymore. But you still feel worthless because of something that happened in your past. The husband who left for a younger wife. Who says, you know what? You're too old now. You just, I feel like we're no longer gelling. And he left you for a younger item. Left you shattered. Maybe you were verbally abused by a teacher. Praise God, we've got good teachers here in Celebration International School. Amen. But maybe you had a teacher who was nasty, who verbally abused you, who told you you would amount to, says you were stupid, you were dumb. I mean, I've seen this. And it scarred you. So much so that anytime you try and stand before people, you just shrink back. You cannot because of words that were spoken by somebody in authority. That alcoholic father who would beat your mother and you every night. I don't know what it is, but today I believe that there are different circumstances that have driven us to a place that is so far from the identity that God has for us. You see, it says he lost his legs. Legs represent your mobility, your ability to progress. And so when that thing happened to you, you never progressed from it. You got stuck in that place. You got stuck in that experience. There are people who are still living a five or 20-year-old experience today in this auditorium. Oh yeah, you're grown, you look good. You have nice perfume. But you still struggle with that thing because you never dealt with it. And it drives you to a place called Lodiba. What is Lodiba? Lodiba is a place, as definition would have it, it's, it's a place of not having, it's got a place of no pasture, and it's a place of no communication. That's what Lodiba means. No pasture, no productivity. Nothing really good came out of Lodiba. It was the place where misfits, uneducated and skilled, the outcasts, would find themselves. You see, nobody ever chose Lodiba. Lodiba chooses you. It's a town for the forgotten, for the abandoned, the abused, those whose society has spat out and said, you don't deserve. This is the place that will find Mephibosheth. See, Lodiba is not always a geographical place, as I explained it. You see, in this text it is, but in our lives now, Lodipa may be that place, like I listed today, where something happened that scarred you in your life. You see, you can be coming to church every Sunday and still be living in Lodipa. And here's the challenge is that people look at you and they say, what's wrong with you? I have found that we should be so slow to judge people because we don't know what is causing them to act a certain way. We don't know. Sometimes we just look at people and we just judge and say, look at this guy. Maybe it's even someone you knew from school who was a bully and you look at them and say, you see, I knew it. <laughs> look at them now. Look at his life. And we're gloating. 
Or, or sometimes we're blaming them. You say, ah, oh, they made some bad decisions. Oh, yeah, that's clear there. Oh, yeah, she made a bad decision. Mephibosheth did not make the decision to live in Lodiba. Life drove him there. There are people in this auditorium where certain things have driven you to a place, a dark place, a dark place, where you feel like that's, that's your portion. But I believe today God wants to reintroduce you to yourself. To tell you who you really are. Not this lie that you have believed to be true. See, Mephibosheth was grown now. He was a grown man. But he was still dealing with a five-year-old issue. A grown man still struggling with insecurity from something that happened when he was five. I'm speaking to somebody here today. But it says that as he was in Lodiba, he was living in a house of a man called Maker. Maker. Today I want to just talk a bit about this guy called Maker. Because I believe there are makers in our lives. Who are the makers in our lives? The makers in our lives are the people who provide us refuge in our dark seasons. The people who don't judge us in our dark seasons. The people who open their doors. It says that he was living in this man's house. The people who see the king in you even when you don't see it yourself. The people who speak to your greatness and not your failures. The people who keep stirring up the gift in you and don't focus on your present circumstances. Those are the makers in our lives. It says he was housed in the house of maker. Now maker may not even, because he was in Lodi, but I assume again that he also didn't have much. The people in our lives, not that they have much, but they've just made a decision to help you. Sometimes when that person gives you that 10 liters of fuel, it's not that they had surplus. But they just said, you know what, I want to help a brother out. Because they know that you are in a dry, dark season in your life. And they say, you know what, I'm going to stretch out. I'm going to help you. Because that's what brothers do. They open up, he opened up his home to Mephibosheth. You see, if it weren't for the makers in our lives, we wouldn't be talking about what could happen to Mephibosheth. Because maybe by now Mephibosheth would have died. But there are people who have literally preserved, who God has used to preserve your life. You hated them because they would tell you, that is not who you are. You hated them because they kept challenging when you started living a mediocre life. And you don't like them. But God is using them to preserve you for such a time as this. Can we just take a moment to thank God for the makers in your life? Come on, thank God. Thank God for people who God used to protect you from silly things. Because when you're in Lodiba, you can make silly decisions. But the Bible will say one day, as King David was seated in his courts. He asked himself and he said, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness 
for Jonathan's sake. A servant of the house of Saul came whose name was Ziba. And he said, yes, there is. There is. Actually, there is. <laughs> oh, yeah, Garazvia. There is. What was Garazvia? Garazvia, there is. There is a son of Jonathan. His name is Mephibosheth. But he lives in a place called Lodiba. A place of no pasture. You can see the food that he's eating. It's, it's yeah. Muriwa nema potatoes. It's tough. But that's where Lodiba drives you to. But it says the king asked and he said, is there anyone left in the house? And he says, Ziba came and he asked and he inquired of the king. And the king said, he was told that there is a son. And he said, send, send. I want you to go and send. See, I want you to notice something. David never expected Mephibosheth to come out of Lodiba by himself. No, no, no. He sent men to bring him out. You see, there are certain places in our lives that we can't come out by ourselves. Can I speak to somebody today? Some of you are in a place so dark that you cannot come out by yourself. It is so dark. And you know it. And the last thing you need is a brother from church coming to judge you. You need someone who's going to come to you and say, I'm going to snap you out of this place. I'm going to pull you out. The king said, I will send people to him. He could have just said, oh, tell him to make his way to the king's palace. But sometimes when life has dropped you, when you've been through certain things, you can't even get up yourself. You need brothers. And that's the role of the church. The church should not be the place where we get hurt. It should be the place where we rescue each other from the pit of hell. Where we look and we say, there must be more to that brother than what meets the eye. Not when you see me, you say, ish, I'm going to walk, ish. Hey. No, no, we should be drawn to those who are hurting, those who are in pain, those who you look like are in a dark place. And dig deeper. Because those are the people that Jesus says, I came to seek and save those who were lost. Mephibosheth was lost, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody is here. You're lost. You're lost in an incident that happened when you were still young. But you're still lost in that. But it says the king sent his men. Thank God for the mighty men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the mighty men would come. And they would pick him up. Remember, this is a man who is lame in both feet. And it says they picked him up from where he was. Because where he was is not where God intended him to be. And it says they brought him to the king's table. But something happens here. Because Mephibosheth gets there. And you will notice. He, he slipped off his seat. Because you see, when you've been really scarred, when you've been, when, when your self-confidence has been really destroyed, when you're brought to a place like this, you feel unworthy. You're like, I, I can't. In fact, if you remember the words that Mephibosheth said, he says, why would you look upon such a 
dead dog. It's one thing to call yourself just a dog. He says a dead dog like me. I mean, that's the way he viewed himself. It's one thing for people to call you something. It's another thing when you begin to call yourself something. And he struggled. He struggled to remain at the seat. But the king kept saying, no, 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 Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. But, but you'll notice that Mephibosheth is wearing clothes that are not befitting. And so I'd ask the mighty man, if you could please help me. Because God wants to restore somebody here today. You see, here's the thing. He may not look like, let's, let's talk about this man. This was the grandson of a king. He was of a royal bloodline. He was a chosen generation. But life had driven him to Lodiba. He didn't look like a king. But in his bloodline, in his blood, in his DNA was royalty. You may not look like it. But through you, in your bloodline, you are of royal descent. Come on, tap your neighbor and say you are of royal descent. Don't believe the lie of the devil that tells you that you are a vagabond, that you have no hope, that this is your portion. I came to declare to somebody today that royalty runs through your bloodline. It runs through your bloodline. It runs through your bloodline. It runs through your bloodline. You are a chosen generation. You are a peculiar. Tell your neighbor, I'm peculiar. And you know, Shamisa, there's something that you cannot figure out about me. I am a peculiar. Hey, somebody let your confidence rise up again. You are a peculiar being, chosen by God. It may not look like it. Because sometimes in Lodiba, we lose our identity. You begin to see yourself. You see, when you've been through what Mephibosheth had been through, you can begin to believe what you're not. Believe it so much. You can believe the lie so much that the truth of who you are is so far away. But today, if you would bring Mephibosheth back to the king's table. Because he's now different. He are now a different. He's put away the old. He's put away. Somebody needs to remove the filthy garments that man has put upon you, that society has put upon you, circumstances have put upon you, that person, that person who hurt you, put upon you, that garment of shame, betrayal, being let down, whatever garment you're wearing, today God is saying, I want to remove that. I want to change you. I want to transform you from ashes to my beauty. To my beauty. And he says he sat... He sat at the king's table. But you see, the king's table is looking a bit bare right now. The king's table should never be bare. Because he's come from Lodiba, where there was potatoes. Nemuriwo. 
This was the daily bread in Lodiba of a grandson of a king. He was a king out of place. And this is it. But if, if I can have, do we have something for the king's table? Okay. Because the king's table is never bare. This is not your portion. We declare that this is not our portion. In Jesus' name. Taziramba. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We are of royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. We are of royal descent. No, no, we will not, we will not, Tajiramba, ah, ah, no, he says he sat at the king's table. Please partake, sir. Please, this cutlery. I know you're not used to this. There's fruits here. There's fruits. There's, there's cake. There's all kinds. There's options. Options. We, we're tired of not having options in our lives. Aiwa. We're tired of it. We're tired of people choosing for us what we should eat every day. Because you are of royal priesthood. You are a peculiar being. A chosen generation. So now Mephibosheth would have to learn who he really was. May you in this season of restoration learn who you really are. Learn who you really are. Restore us, oh God. Restore us, oh God. Restore us. Take away the shame. Take away the stench of what man has told us to be. And he says he started eating at the king's table. And the king would repeat and say, you will eat at my table continuously. Continuously. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare a season of continuously in our lives. No stop-stop businesses, not stop-stop relationships. We declare a season of perpetual blessing in our lives. You say, Lord, you take us on a perpetual victory parade. Perpetual, Lord. Continuous. My start-stop taramba. Start-stop, start-stop. No, no, no. We declare continuous, continuous. Continuous in the name of Jesus. Continuous. Continuous. The question I asked was, why was King David, as I get ready to close, why was King David so gracious to this man? Why was he so gracious to a man who 
really could have threatened him because of what he went through. But you see, I began to look at the life of David. Because David knew what it's like to be a king out of place. David knew. Because David, one day, the prophet Samuel would come and he would anoint. He would come to the house of Jesse to look for the king, the next king of Israel. And he says they would bring the signs that he would be left out. Till the, the, the prophet said, is there anyone else? And he says, oh yeah, by the way, oh Garazia. Garazia. He knew what it's like to be a Garazia. And he says he was brought forward. He said, this is the one that I want to anoint as king. He was anointed. But guess what? He would go through the hell of his life. David would kill Goliath. People would start singing the song, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. It would cause jealousy to come to Saul to the extent that he would want to kill him, kill David. David would be driven to live in the wilderness, in caves with savage men who would later become the mighty men. Savage men. David knew what it's like to be driven out to a place that is foreign, that is far below your potential. And so, when he sat in his chambers and he recalled how it was Jonathan, the son of Saul, who preserved his life, because Jonathan is like a maker. He preserved the life of David. Many times, it says that David, the king Saul would try to kill him. It was Jonathan who would get word out to him and would warn him, protect him. And so he recalled his friend and he recalled the covenant he had made with him. That if any one of us die, may we show kindness. You see, David was once a king out of place. But God had brought him back. He brought him. After all he had gone through, he was now king. He was now in his right place. Because when a king is in his right place, the nation is at peace. When you are in your right place, there is peace in your home. There is peace in your family. And it says that he who was restored, he who was shown kindness, said, I also have to show kindness and restore. You see, when God has restored you, you have to make it your business to restore others. You have to. You can't sit at that table by yourself because there's room. You'll notice I left a chair. There's a chair that is waiting for somebody. God in this season says I'm restoring. No longer shall we have servants riding on horses while princes are walking on foot. That is a, 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 a that, that, what is that? That is an error, an abomination. But the season is coming now and has come now where our God who promises us restoration says here is restoration. I want to bring you to the right place where there is abundance, where there is more than enough. Today as we close, I want to pray for specific people I felt God say this, if we all stand to our feet. I want to pray because there are people in this house today 
who have been scarred by life, scarred by some person's decision, scarred, and you've never really gotten over it, and it's affected you, and it's caused you to live far below your potential, far below, and you know it. Today, I want to pray for you. I want you to just, we don't have much time, but I want to, I want to open up this altar. I want you to come to the front here, because I believe the same God who restored Mephibosheth from a dark place to where he's sitting at the king's table eating. Oh, there's one thing I forgot to mention. See, I, I went to the hassle of looking for, I got this table, because the king's table is not low. If you notice, this was low, low, deep, low, low, low. The king's table is majestic. But you would notice that when you sit at the king's table, that which was exposed and was a hindrance in that season of your life, it's covered because at the king's table, at the king's table, your lameness is no longer exposed. I believe God is saying this. There's, at the king's table, God says, I can, I want to cover. I want to cover. I want to, where the hurt was, where, where, where the disappointment was. He says, my blood covers. It covers. At my table, there is covering. There is no longer exposing and vulnerability. You are covered. You'll notice the mighty man never left because King David said, you will eat at my table. And as long as he's at the king's table, that which comes with the king is his portion. Today, today I pray for healing. Healing. He says, I came to mend the brokenhearted. I came to mend the brokenhearted. To deliver those. To deliver. As we worship him, I want to open up the altar. If you say, you know what, I just need God to heal me. I've not gotten over. I want you, as we worship God, just make your way to the altar here. I want us to pray together. Just make your way to the altar. Just come. Come on, let's worship him. Because today, when I am thirsty, your healing is here. Your restoration is here. Ah, you were wrongfully accused. But God says, I will. Ah, yes. Your name. Ah, Yabakasi. They, they, they violated your name. A man's name. The Bible says that a good name is to be cherished more than riches. And they violated your name. But God says, I want to restore your name. I want to put my name on you. My name. My name. My name. My name. My name. God of healing. The balm of Gilead. The balm of Gilead. The Lord who restores. The Lord who heals the brokenhearted. The Lord who carries us. Father, thank you that you have sent those who carry us in this season. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for restoration. For restoration. That abuse, that abuse that we never shared with anyone, that scarred us. God, today, may your healing balm, may your healing balm 
May your healing bound. Ah, shima haya. Oh, shisa mande. He shalima kainda la maso. Let your healing bound, Lord. Healing bound. Healing bound. Healing bound. Restore us, oh God. Restore us, oh God. Healing power. Healing power. Healing power. Bring your healing power. Healing power. Father, restore. Restore. Restore, God. Restore. 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 Mother, we cry, restore. restore to that lady who was betrayed restore. in a relationship and has never gotten over it, has never moved on, never moved on, never moved on. Father, today we break that yoke off your life in the name of Jesus. That yoke is broken. Put off that garment, put off that garment of shame, put off that garment that man who lost his job and feels so inadequate God the God who opens doors that no man can shut open the door Lord open the door restore that man restore his dignity Lord restore him oh God restore us oh God restore us oh God restore us oh God restore us oh God that we might be saved that we might be saved, oh God. Saved, oh God. Shimasaya. Kura Mashaya. Come on, talk to your God. Talk to your God. Talk to Him. Restore. 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 I can't. Restore. Restore, Lord. Restore, 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 restore us, oh God. Restore us, oh God. Restore us, oh God. Restore us, restore us, oh God. Restore us, oh God. To the right place, to the right identity. Restore us, restore us from the years, the years. Some of you have lost years, the years, the years, the years. Put up that scripture, please. Put up the scripture. Put up the scripture. Joel 2, verse 25. Restore us from the years that the swarming locust, the crawling locust, the consuming locust and the chewing locust has taken from us. Years lost. Years lost. God of restoration, restore us to our right place. To our right place. The right place in you. Jesus' name. Healing. Healing. Healing, Lord. Healing. Healing, healing, Lord. As we remove the old garments, 
as we remove the garments of mourning father this morning we put on the garments of praise we put on the garments of praise for we will praise you for the wondrous things that you have done for the wondrous things that you have done had it not been for the Lord who was on our side surely the enemy would have swallowed us whole surely but God thank you that you restore us 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 Lord you restore us Lord Worship him. Worship. Come on, sing it. Oh God. Come on, worship him. I come to you. Oh Lord, my Savior. I come to you. Oh God. I come to you. today Lord Father thank you for your arms that are open wide that are welcoming us into the king's palace where we belong thank you that your arms are open wide your arms are open wide you said my hand is not short my hand is not short. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have your outstretched hand towards us. And you're inviting us to your table. 
So Father, I pray now, may this be the beginning of a new day, a new season, a new chapter in our lives. Father, we declare that the old has gone. Let the new come now. Let the new come. Let the new come. Let the new come. Shima haya bakase. Roba siba. Riba kasi maham rogos. Ni shima hande. Because you make all things new, Lord. You make all things new. Yes, Lord. Ha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.